your cultural competence. Listen to interesting stories. Learn about the cultural pitfalls and how to avoid them. Get the global perspective here at Culture Matters Podcast on International Business. We help you understand cultural diversity better by interviewing real people with real experiences, helping you develop your cultural competence. Here's your host, Chris Smith. Hi, and welcome to the Culture Matters Podcast. We are on episode number, and I need to look that up. We are on episode number 45 of the Culture Matters Podcast. Last week we had an interview, and this week it is a so-called content podcast. Okay, what will we talk about? What will I talk about to you, that is? Um, I figured that the subject of culture and personality might be of some interest because that's a question that I occasionally get as well when I do a workshop or a seminar. Like, what is this thing? What is the relationship between the the culture that somebody has grown up in and uh, his or her personality? So which one would be dominating? Okay. So there's um, a lot of research has been going on with this uh, culture and personality, how you can link this and um, how to separate them and what is one and what is the other. So what is the relationship between culture and personality? Well, the idea here is to talk you through a couple of ideas that I have in a non-academic but more practical way, if you want. Um, whereby the, I, I leave the, uh, the research up to the academics, but it's, it's, for me, it's much more interesting. What, what can I do with that? And what does it mean? And how can, how can I put this in perspective? So the idea here is to put this thing of culture on one side and then personality on the other side to put that into um, perspective. Well, I know that from uh, previous work and previous research that I've done myself, that a lot of people are interested in this and trying to link this up, if you want, personality and culture. It's sort of the holy grail when you come to the, this, this field of culture and intercultural management like I'm working in. Now, why would that be so important? Why would are so many people interested in that or would be interested in that? For a couple of reasons, I think. Um, I think the if you look at it from a management perspective, I think that what most managers want is that their people simply do as they're told. Not as robots or as machines, but much more, um, how do you say, I think an organization can, could be much more effective if people would actually uh, do rather than, than ask all the time why, why, why. Now, I'm not saying that I'm against asking why, why, why. I'm just saying that there's a preference that managers have when it comes to their staff. They simply want to their staff to do what needs to be done. Okay, much something like along the lines of if everybody does simply does what he needs to do, then all things would run smoothly. It's it's that kind of uh, suggestion that I'm trying to make here. And of course, if you can have culture and personality linked up together, there's a good chance that you can make behavior more predictable. If you can behavior make behavior more predictable, it's easier to manage that as well. So one idea would be if you know how culture and personality are linked, that it's it's better to you can better steer uh, people's performance from an international perspective, of course. Um, of course, the, the other thing and that I came up um, with the idea that recently in the news, there was an article whereby behavior uh, was being put into so-called big data. And this is a bit of research uh, that came out of Australia. It was on the BBC World, uh, the, the news site there, whereby the... Um, the research sort of suggested that if if we put every and all of our preferences in big data, you could digest the 
preferences of an individual out of that or predict the uh, the individual's behavior when it comes to, in this case, into uh, the experience of dining out. And of course, we know that different cultures eat different foods. We also know that uh, why people eat and how people eat. And um, so the reason why they eat, what they eat and how they eat and when they eat is culturally determined. Of course, if you can make that more predictable by um, uh, by either big data or by linking personality and culture together, you could maybe become more profitable. Well, I hope you sort of get my, my drift where... Um, Getting with this when it comes to uh, f- to to the importance of trying to link personality to um, culture as as such. In na- we're talking about national culture here, of course. In actual fact, if you say culture on one side and then personality on the other side, it would be if you want an invalid link. Well, the reason for being that it's an invalid link is that it has to do with with definitions here. If you look at what the definition of culture is. And I'm looking at my screen here, a couple of definitions. If you just simply uh, type in definition of culture, what do you get? You get 347 million results. Thank you, Google, for that. So a couple of definitions here are, the number one would be the arts and other manifestations of human intellectual achievement regarded collectively. Well, the, the word collectively is important here. Number two would be the ideas, customs, and social behavior of a particular people or society. Society, of course, is more than one person, and people is also more than one person. And the third one here from a biological standpoint here, the, the cultivation of bacteria, tissue cells, etc., in an artificial medium containing nutrition. Well, that's not what we're talking about here. What we are talking about here, if, if you want, is the so-called collective programming of the human mind which is a definition um, that is uh, coined by Hofstede and maybe not by him personally, but at least that's how I know it, a collective programming of the human mind. So when you talk about people in an or in a collective, it's, you can't talk about the individual anymore because it's the co- collective that tends to dominate the individual. That's the, the, the peer group behavior, if you want. If you look at the definition of what is... Um, personality so definition personality gives only a minor 96 million results when i put this in google and what are some some definitions here it ranges from the combination of characteristics or qualities that form an individual's distinctive character to a celebrity or famous person well it's a character an individual's distinctive character talks about one person and one person only so that's uh, important to to think think that up of course and and uh, and distinct make a distinction between on one side the collective and on the other side the individual so how about co- personality tests like for instance MBTI well that's that's of course a good question MBTI the Myers uh, Briggs type indicator is a personality test which sort of maps out um, people's personality and tries to link that to culture as well um, there is something that came from the uh, the Mayor's Bricks site, mayorsbricks.org, and there's a link somewhere which talks about type and culture. And I'll just read this little bit out to you. It says, regardless of its multicultural effectiveness, the MBTI, which is a registered trademark, the MBTI instrument is not a device for identifying features of a culture. Even when the type distributions of two cultures are quite similar... The cultures themselves are not necessarily similar. So 
even when the type, repeating this here, even when the type distributions of two cultures are quite similar, the cultures themselves are not necessarily similar. Each culture defines appropriate acceptance or appropriate acceptable ways for people to express themselves, though this is on a culture level, including ways to express their type preferences. Cultural norms and expectations guide the expressions of type. So, what I get out of this is is that culture dominates the uh, how people will express their personality, um, which is measured by a device or measurement instrument like MBTI. As a result, and here's an example, as a result, um, preferences may not look the same in different cultures. Britain and the United States, as an, an example here combined, um, are good, or they actually offer good examples. The type distribution of business groups are almost the same. So when you look at the MBTI, the type distributions of business groups are almost the same in the UK and in the United States. Yet, Britain appears to have more people with preferences for introversion and the United States more people who prefer extraversion. Researchers believe this is because the behavior British introverts use to express their introversion is quite different from the behavior introverts in the US use to express their introversion. The differences in behavior do not necessarily indicate differences in type, but differences in ways the preferences can be expressed within those cultures. So, what I get out of this, and this is where personality seems to link with culture to that extent, is that even though the distribution of the types, the MBTI types in the US and in the UK are somewhat similar, are comparable, similar, not identical, but similar, you will still find that the Brits tend to be more introverted overall as a culture, and you will find that the Americans tend to be more extroverted as a culture overall. And that doesn't go for all individuals, but as a, if you want a normal distribution or the general trend in society, you will see that the Brits tend to be more introverted and the Americans tend to be more, tend to be more extroverted. For me, as a, an interculturalist and having worked with the Hofstede model uh, for quite a number of years, I can link this, I would link this to uncertainty avoidance, whereby you can see that the British culture scores almost significantly, significantly means 10 points less than the United States on this dimension. It's about 35 to 46 or something like that. 35 for the United Kingdom on this scale of uncertainty avoidance to 46 or 45 or something like that. It's close to 10 points or slightly over, slightly under 10 points for the United States. And what we know that, uh, which is a character of uncertainty avoidance, is that the lower the score on uncertainty avoidance, the more there appears to be a premium on not showing emotions. It doesn't mean that low-scoring countries like the United Kingdom do not have emotions. It is just that there's a premium on not showing those emotions. And that's exactly what is being said here on the Myers-Briggs site. And on the other side, what you see in the United States, literally on the other side of the ocean there, uh, you see that there's a relatively uh, or significantly higher score, 10 points, around 10 points or slightly over difference between the UK. So slightly higher scoring on this uncertainty avoidance whereby you see that Americans tend to be overall more extroverted, even though the distribution of the type indicators tend to be the same between the UK and the US. Okay, I hope that's that to that extent makes sense. And this is from a research standpoint, but also hopefully um, getting a practical angle on this. Now, I'd like to close this off with, a, um, um, with my personal experience, if... <laughs> If you're interested in my personal experience, and my personal experience is that um, an individual, take pretty much any individual, 
carries a whole lot of uh, his or her culture in his or her personality. Somehow, I it's it's not a 50-50 split. You can't say there's 50% personality and 50% uh, culture in there. I find, and that's time and again, it, it seems to come up and seems to come out again, um, is that the the national culture tends to dominate the, the individual's um, personality. And of course, there are exceptions there. This is not a one-on-one correlation. But in general, you could argue, and this is something that happened to me before. I was in Japan for a meeting and I had a talk with one of the Japanese per- people that I was seeing there. And this person was extremely direct and uh, confrontational, confrontational, even contrarian to his own organization and to his own management. That was directly to me. But when he stepped into the group of uh, his Japanese peers, if you want, he easily uh, blended in with the, uh, for me, so very well-known collectivistic behavior that I am uh, familiar with when it comes to working with uh, with Japanese. So I still find, and that's again my experience, that the uh, the, the national culture seems to dominate the, the personality, of course. And then there are the left and the right exceptions if you look at the normal distribution of what culture is in a society. By the way, and I want to close this off, it's a short podcast, but nonetheless, I hope it makes sense. Um, and I'm open to your suggestions as well, by the way. If you have any uh, any comments or any feedback for me on doing the podcast, you can do this on uh, by going to culturematters.com and just fill in any contact form and that'll eventually end up in my uh, in my inbox. So I was going to close this off by saying that the occasional person that I meet that says, well, I'm typically not American or I'm typically not uh, English or I'm typically not the Germans, they tend to be the most typical uh, personification, if you want, of their national culture, at least again, and that's my experience. All right, that's it for this week, a short episode of the Culture Matters podcast. I hope it made sense to you. If you do like what I do on um, with the podcast and with the Culture Matters site, I would really appreciate if you would send me a note, even if you're uh, in the car or if you're driving. Um, well, you're driving in the car, of course, or if you're uh, jogging or in the in the fitness uh, in, in the gym. Uh, make a note or make a mental note that you drop me a line or let know let me know what you think of this podcast really appreciate that thank you for staying with me and i'll be back next week with another interview take care till then bye bye that's it for this episode the culture matters podcast helping you understand cultural diversity better by interviewing real people with real experiences